This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. Oh, BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man. His name is Jason Shepard. So, look, you know, I know I know, BYU's <laughs> Fan Fest last night was much more successful than mine, uh, but um, I'm just going to say maybe I just picked the wrong night. That, I'm going to put it on that. Let's just extend your autograph session and the Fan Fest of sorts into today's show. There we go. We do that? Yeah, there we go. You had a t- nice little table set up last night, you know, with the, with the 8x10s, uh, the Sharpies. <laughs> People kept coming up, ask, like offering to give me like 50 cents for lemonade. I, I think they thought I had a lemonade stand. I don't know. <laughs> did you ever sell lemonade and Kool-Aid when you were a kid? Uh, I probably did. I was a hustler that way. Yeah, I probably would, did. I don't necessarily remember. We would go knock on people's doors, though, and ask our friends if they would come buy lemonade from us. Oh, that, so you, like, you took it, you oh, took yeah. it to the next Door level. Door-to-door sales. <laughs> You were just you were just preparing for your summers uh, at, <laughs> in college, selling pest control and Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, thankful that it, uh, it didn't ever come to that. <laughs> Here we are on the show in Studio B. <laughs> Jason, get your sharpie ready. At some right. point, I'm gonna, I'm gonna you're gonna sign an autograph only, for somebody here in Studio B. I'm ready. One I'm of ready. our camera operators is going to humor you. You should also get ready to address the first trio of projections. For some big-time BYU football games, the Bring Cougars it. playing the role of underdog, or is it undercat, in two of those three contests? There's no undercat. I know, but they're the Cougars. It doesn't have to always be feline. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Plus, the one game you want BYU to win more than any other on the 2022 schedule and why and don't forget our A-list or A-list guest lineup that includes Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer. Is he buying Jaron Hall as a first-round quarterback talent in the NFL? Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Baseball beginning a big three-game series versus Pacific tonight at Miller Park. The Cougars currently in fifth place in the WCC with six conference games remaining. Remember, the top six teams make the conference tournament at the end of the year in Stockton. First pitch later than normal, 8 p.m. Mountain Time, 10 Eastern. Watch on ESPNU or listen on BYU Radio. Now, former BYU men's basketball forward Seneca Knight announces his commitment to Illinois State via his social media accounts. The Red Hawks will become Knight's fourth team in his college career after brief stints at LSU, San Jose State, and most recently, BYU. Women's golf fails to qualify for the next round of the national finals. The Cougars needed to finish at least fourth. They finished seventh as a team, 12 shots out of fourth place. Alicia May Mateo led the Cougars, finishing 19th overall. BYU men's lacrosse takes on South Carolina in the MCLA National Semifinals today. Game starts this afternoon, 12.45 p.m. Eastern. That's 10.45 a.m. Mountain Time, so in about 41 minutes. You can follow the action on Twitter at BYU Lacrosse. And Sarah Hampson has signed with Knox Basketball of the NBL One in Australia. 
Hampson had 472 blocks during her BYU career, including 74 last year. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, And she was coming off the bench to do that, which is just wild, it's crazy. right? Yeah, I am not shocked at all. She has way too much talent. She's way too tall, way too great of a shot blocker to not be playing basketball somewhere. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Listen to this, Jason. FanDuel has BYU in a trio of big-time games as a favorite in just one of those three. Two-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Baylor. Okay. A six-and-a-half-point underdog at Oregon. And a nine-point underdog in Las Vegas in the Shamrock Series against Notre Dame. What is your reaction to the lines and the projections of those three games for BYU football going into the 2022 season? You could argue the three biggest games that BYU will play. Yeah, look, uh, ultimately, I, I think they, for the most part, I, I kind of like where this started. I mean, not that I like the fact that BYU is an underdog against Oregon and Notre Dame, but like I can, I can understand the rationale. Um, I love the fact that BYU is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Baylor. I, I, I think this is going to be a very, very close game. So, look, and as we've seen, Vegas always knows something. They're, used, they're more right than they are wrong. So my first initial reaction to this was it, it kind of makes sense with where they've landed on these. Okay. I, I would, you know, the fact that or at Oregon you're under a touchdown underdog, I like those odds. Okay. Let's see, see what BYU can do up in Otson. Less than a touchdown underdog. I, I, I don't think BYU's scared to go to Oregon oh, and play. They shouldn't be. Absolutely. C- certainly not. Oregon has a brand new head coach. Mario Cristobal left for uh, Miami, which he has significant ties to. Yep. So they got a brand new coach, brand new system, and it's early in the season. And they're in the Pac-12, Jason. So why would BYU be afraid yeah, I, of I, Oregon in the least so, at this yeah, moment? Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't mind that BYU's less than a touchdown underdog because I think BYU can handle that. Now, some backdrop here. Typically, home field is worth about three points. Right. Okay. So if you're going to play a game on a true neutral site, let's say that Baylor and BYU were going to play in Dallas or Oklahoma somewhere then it would probably be like a pick game. But because this game is in Provo, they're giving the nod to BYU. Which makes sense to me. I am a little bit tentative to buy into the six-and-a-half-point underdog at Oregon for the reasons that I just stated. Like, typically, even though you're a big name, teams like Oregon, when you have a new head coach, there's just an adjustment period. And again, it's early. It's week three for BYU. So I would put this game probably at like a four or five point favorite for Oregon. I don't, I'm not I'm not ready to give Oregon a full touchdown against this BYU team. And it's not a lot. I get it. It's not it's not it's not that big of a difference. I just think BYU um, is a little bit better than being a touchdown underdog at Oregon based on what Oregon did last year, what they lost, yeah. and how they looked late in the season. And who they are coming back. Like, I don't, who is Oregon there this year? There are far more knowns about BYU than there are without about Oregon. Question, the without fact, question. Look, the fact that it's at Autzen, we know what the aura is around Autzen Stadium. But you're right. There are a lot of things that have changed. Now, we know the type of talent that the Ducks get year in and year out. That, that's, that's not going to change. They get 
the talent. But that's why I said, like, I'm not scared that BYU is a six and a half point underdog early on. Now, we'll see where these lines look. We have months to go before these are locked in. So I, I will be curious to see where this goes. But BYU goes in as the team that you know more about. Sure. sure. Yeah, I'm, I think that the 2.5 favorite against Baylor makes a lot of sense. Yep. Uh, Baylor lost a wealth of talent as well. I know they're the defending Big 12 champs, Sugar Bowl champions. They lost some dudes. So they're not going to bring the full accoutrement of talent that we saw in Waco last year to Provo. And it's a different game in Provo. You know, it's it's BYU's home opener. It's going to be raucous. It's going to be crazy. Like So I think that's fair. I would put the Oregon game probably with the Ducks as like a four or five point favorite. I don't I don't think six and a half um, is accurate just be, because I'm not buying into Oregon. Maybe my opinion of that changes when I see Oregon play their first two weeks. But right now, why why would I think that Oregon all of a sudden is going to be this world beater? Okay, do you, so do you have any qualms with the nine point underdog to Notre Dame? Yeah, would you <laughs> would you fluctuate that at all? I I think that. I'd probably put that as like a seven point. See, that's kind of where I was at. But I mean, two point difference. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna gripe about that. Like you knew Notre Dame was gonna be favored in the game either way. But th- this is again, this is not a game that I, I think BYU goes in and is scared of. Well, n- <clears throat> again, no. This is the BYU team that's won 11 games and 10 games in the last two seasons, yeah. and they return a ton of experience and talent. So of course not. No, BYU will not be intimidated by anybody they see on the schedule. There's no world beater other than maybe Notre Dame. Notre Dame, we think, will be the best and most talented team on BYU's schedule this year. And that's saying something because that includes Baylor and Arkansas and Oregon, right? All right, that actually leads into our uh, second topic here. We know that Utah is not on the schedule, and that would probably be the answer to this question. It was last year. If they were on the schedule this upcoming season. But with no Utah on the 2022 football schedule, which game is the one game you want BYU to win the most this season? Undoubtedly, it's week number two, and here's why. BYU's going to start the season as a top 25 team, maybe a top 20 team. We'll see what the AP writers decide to do in late August, but BYU's going to start as a top 25 team. Assuming BYU goes on the road and they handle their business against South Florida, an improved South Florida team, but handle their business against USF and Tampa. They're going to come back to Provo as a top 20 team and have a top 20 home matchup against Baylor. If they win that game, Jason, now it really gets interesting. Then the hype train starts once again for BYU. Oh, they looked good against USF, and they just beat the defending Big 12 champions and the Sugar Bowl champs in Provo. They're 2-0. and They're a top 15 team, and they're going to Oregon with just tons of hype. If BYU beats Baylor and exacts their revenge, if you will, this will put them on a path uh, that could lead to something very, very special. So I, they will have a ton of confidence going to Oregon. Um, and, and, again, people are like, well, you should want it just because it's revenge. Like, they beat up on BYU last year. No, no, it's not so much about that for me. It's about when this game is played and what it would mean for BYU at that juncture of the season in terms of creating national rhetoric and a big-time national ranking. Think about that. If BYU wins that game, they're 2-0. Yeah, and it sets They're a top-15 yeah. team going to Oregon. Who knows what Oregon's done? Then it, it, just, it just really, really generates a lot of excitement and national attention on BYU. Now, if BYU loses to Baylor, then it just kind of, ugh, ugh. They lost at home to Baylor again. Now you're 1-1, one and, one, 
and you're probably out of the top 25 going to Oregon. So it's because of when that game happens okay. and what it means for BYU's potential national ranking that I want BYU to win that game, make an early statement at home, and then create the buzz. It's all sound logic. I, I completely understand where you're coming from, but as strongly as you feel that the answer is Baylor, I feel the same that it's Notre Dame. And the reason is you talk about getting that notoriety nationally and where BYU is going to start. And if you have some wins, the win that's going to get BYU the most national publicity is beating Notre Dame. Now, obviously, it's at a quote-unquote neutral stadium. BYU will be well-represented, but Notre Dame's going to have more fans than BYU. It's, it's just the way it's going to be. But we know... The BYU is going to be there in droves. Sure. Well, the, the it's BYU the, it's will be the Shamrock well Series. Yes. Like, it's a Notre Dame yes. home game, technically, in Las Vegas. But, so, yeah, they're going to have at least three-quarters of the ticket along. Well, and right now, the way-too-early top 25 rankings, Notre Dame is the highest-ranked team on BYU's schedule. They come in at number six. I think they will be the highest-ranked team when BYU plays them. Okay. So, for me, I think BYU gets the most bang for its buck with a win over Notre Dame. So that's why I go that direction. Okay. Uh, well, again, there are no wrong answers, wrong answers because this is what you want. It's what you want, yes. right? This is not what BYU needs the most. This is strictly what you want as somebody that watches BYU yeah, There's no football. wrong answer to this question. So for me, I, I just want that early season Unless hype. you say I, Utah Tech. I want the hype to be there early in the season to propel BYU to something potentially very yeah. special. No, I agree. I mean, I, I can understand that. I just think BYU gets more out of a victory over Notre Dame than any other school. Okay. Uh, but maybe there are some of you out there that are saying, one game at a time, boys, one <laughs> game at a time. And that starts with USF. In how many days? Countdown to the Bulls. One fourteen. 114 days away from BYU taking on the Bulls of USF. And that, too, is a vengeance game of sorts, at least with the road implications. That is a sneaky, massive game. Well, Jerry <laughs> Bohannon, yes. the Baylor quarterback last year, has transferred to USF. So it seems like it's going to be Jerry Bohannon once again taking on BYU in that opener. Because that, that sets everything up, honestly. Even before Baylor, that sets everything up. What's the one game you want to see BYU football win the most on the 2022 schedule? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. JC Brandt 31 on Instagram answers. Baylor is the only answer here. They are the best team in BYU's future conference. As currently constituted, yes, they're the defending champs. He continues, beating the Bears shows that BYU is ready to challenge the Big 12 in the future. I think BYU has already showed they're ready to challenge the Yeah, I don't, the Big I don't think that's in, in doubt. But I understand the point. Hey, you beat the defending champs? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Let's go into 2023. And it, it also helps set up the, the, the rivalry, the, the good rivalry, the fun rivalry between these teams. Sure. But it's beginning to Budding, to friendly rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. At Ride with Tyler answers, I'm going with Arkansas. It's an SEC world. I, I can understand Arkansas that logic. Arkansas had a great season a year ago. They're riding their own wave of confidence, but they got to come to Provo, Jason. That's right. Before BYU goes back there in 2023. It's part of a brutal schedule. Oh, holy cow. All right, at Colonel underscore James 83 says, beat Utah. Always beat Utah. Oh, wait. They're not on the schedule. Beat Notre Dame. Always beat Notre Dame. 
Look, well, I, that's where I, that's where I go. But again, there there are no wrong answers. Hashtag BYUSN if you want to join the conversation. All right, coming up, is there any chance the BYU offensive line is being overhyped? Why not talk to a guy who can appreciate a good offensive line? The Heisman Trophy winner at BYU, Ty Detmer, joins us to discuss what BYU is bringing back on offense and at quarterback specifically. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Baseball hosting Pacific in a big three-game WCC series starting tonight at 10 Eastern time. Tune in to listen with Greg Rubel on the BYU Radio app. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. It is now our pleasure to welcome in one of the legends at BYU, Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer joins us now over Zoom. Ty, welcome back to the program. It's been too long. How are you? I'm doing good. Yes, it has. So things are good here in Arizona. And we saw you working directly with Max Hall, getting him ready for the alumni game. So how would you grade his performance after reviewing each and every snap that he played in that game? You know, I don't know if I had much to do with that, but that was the problem. Like uh, Jack had asked me if I wanted to play in that against Max Hall. And I'm like, I know Max is going to train for this. He's going to draw plays. I'm going to have to work too hard. So I don't want any part of that. Uh, But he did great. I mean, it was fun to see all the guys out there running around. Nobody got hurt. It looked like it was uh, a good time had by all. My daughter actually had a baby that day. So I was kind of on standby. So I couldn't commit to to be in there at that time. The real reason was she was due and had her her third kid. So I'm like, Grandpa times three. Wow. So. wow. Congratulations. Grandpa Ty. Hey, don't let Jamal Williams hear about that because he'll add that to his repertoire of nicknames for you. Oh, yeah. It'll be it'll be something else. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ty, it was obviously a success speaking of the, the alumni game. So, obviously, you weren't able to do it last year. Are you willing to commit early? Would you be an early commit to the, to the alumni game next year? You know, I, I have committal problems, you know, I, I like <laughs> low play things. I don't know if I'll have hunts at the ranch. I, you know, I kind of like about a month out. That's kind of my, my sweet spot for being able to commit to things. So not going to commit at this point. I know Steve Young is all in. Yeah. I know all his secrets. I played with him a year in the 49ers. So, you know, I'd feel more comfortable playing against Steve than I would probably Max at this point. <laughs> can you can you at least give us the fact that the BYU alumni game is at least in your top three of things to do at that time? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, it'll be a top three. I mean, like I said, look like everybody had a great time. It was fun to see. Uh, you know, former teammates out there, former guys you coached, um, you know, it, it looked like a lot of fun, a great group, and uh, it's always a good time being back at BYU. Uh, we'll look forward to the social media post that reveals what you will be doing at next year's alumni <laughs> game time. <laughs> Ty Detmer is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk BYU football. The Cougars are coming off. A couple of double-digit win seasons, 11 in that strange COVID setup with Zach Wilson in 2020. 
10 wins last year, including a 5-0 record against the Pac-12, 6-1 against Power Fives. Jaron Hall is back. What is your early prognostication of what you expect from Jaron Hall in 2022? Well, I love Jaron. You know, he's a he's a great player, great young man. Um, you know, when I came back and coached there in 2016, seems like forever ago, but he was committed and then kind of not sure what he was going to do. And and we kind of re-recruited him. And, and I'd worked with Jaron at some of our camps we'd done there in Utah and in the past and just felt really good about him being a part of the program. And, uh, and he served a mission, came back and so it's been, you know, six years since uh, since we had those conversations. Uh, but, you know, the guy's done everything I think they've asked him to do. He's become the leader of the team. Um, you know, he's athletic, but, you know, he's, he's showing that he can, you know, run the team, uh, run the offense and do what's asked of him. And then uh, when things break down, he's athletic enough to extend plays and, and get it to guys and uh, – Obviously, successful season last year, and I really feel like he'll build on that this year. With everybody knowing just how good Jaron is, obviously everybody wants him to be in Provo as long as he possibly can, uh, but there are a lot of pub publications that, depending on which one you look at, in next year's NFL draft, they have him going anywhere between the first to the third round. What do you think of his, his NFL prospects? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the way the game is is moving, uh, everybody's looking for guys that can extend plays, create, uh, run the system. And uh, he's got a great foundation there at BYU. I think most quarterbacks that come out of there will. And, uh, you know, so, again, it's, it kind of becomes an age situation where you want to try to play for as long as you can. And, and so if you're 23, 24, it kind of gets to the point where you got to get that clock started in the NFL at some point, especially, you know, with a couple years of being the starter. Now he's got to stay healthy and go through the season and do all those things this year to, to get to that point. But if everything goes as planned, I think, you know, he's ready for that next jump after this season. Ty, maybe you just answered the question, but what is the biggest question mark with Jaron if it's not just his ability to stay healthy for an entire season? Yeah, I think that's it, you know, is um, he, he's got to, you know, prove that again. And, you know, every year it becomes that. That's the main thing for quarterbacks, especially year two, is just staying healthy and, and being smart. And and then uh, I know for me, you know, my second year being the starter was 1990, the Heisman year. But fortunately, I'd been able to play as a sophomore and had that season under my belt. But you really get comfortable in that role. And, and then my senior year was just kind of, you know, you know, establishing myself and, and being a team leader and, and managing the young guys that were coming through that season. So uh, this will be that for him a little bit. He's got some guys coming back, but they also lost a few guys. So um, it's it's getting those young guys to catch up quickly and and help them almost become a coach on the field. Now, Ty, it's a different game these days. And I just want to point out that you finished third in the Heisman voting in 1991. I think BYU fans sometimes gloss over that because you won it in 1990. It was incredible. But you kind of had a knack for playing hurt and banged up. And so what do you attribute that toughness to, and how do you push that into the generation of football now? <laughs> well, I really didn't have too many injuries. You know, I mean, I, I took my shots, but I, I really wasn't injured much. And I think uh, – 
you know, maybe only being 175, 180 <laughs> pounds, uh, and go with the hit a little more. But, um, you know, I, I think growing up, just my dad was a football coach and you always heard about toughness and this kid's tough kid and those kind of things. And so it just probably kind of ingrained in me that, Hey, you know, never let them see us stay on the ground, you know, that kind of deal. So no matter kind of the shot you took, I always tried to get up and never wanted to be helped off the field. So uh, probably being a little undersized too, had a little chip on my shoulder. I had to prove that uh, I could do that. So Ty, not only do you obviously know Jaron Hall, but you've worked with Jacob Conover as well. So you know BYU's top two quarterbacks. What do you what do you make of Jacob as he goes into this year as the backup to Jaron Hall? Yeah, Jacob's uh, you know, he's a guy I actually offered uh while I was there and felt really good about him too. So he's been down here working with Max uh, you know, when he's in town uh back home and uh, you man, he's got a strong arm. He's really uh, throwing it well, throws it accurate. Just watching him in high school, uh, smart kid. You know, he wasn't known for taking off and running with it, but I remember, you know, watching him in a state playoff game and he pulled it down and took off when he had to. And, you know, just a real competitive kid that um, loves the game, you know, and, and so they're in great shape right now in the quarterback room and, uh, you know, in a day where a lot of kids are leaving for greener pastures or what they think are greener pastures, proud of uh, him for hanging in there and, and kind of waiting his time and learning it. And it'll pay off for him uh, when he does get his shot. So, you know, excited to see Jacob get an opportunity too at some point down the road here. Now, Ty, based on what you've done as you went through your NFL career and Brett Favre and Michael Vick, among others, have talked about just your mastery of understanding defenses. What would you say is the most important thing for a guy like Jaron Hall and even Jacob Conover, because they have NFL dreams too, what's the most important thing that they need to work on as they pursue that? Well, I think every offense is a little different. Um, so I'm not, you know, in there and, and understanding what's going on. But for the, for the most part is, you know, a lot of the pre-snap, looks you get um, is understanding kind of eliminating certain routes in a play where you can simplify it for yourself. And, and I think with Jaron year two in the system, you know, being the guy uh, he's really been in that system now for about four years. So he's got a, I'm sure a great understanding of it. Now he can kind of eliminate some of the noise, some of the routes that, you know, you don't need to, to have to look at when you understand his cover two it's, you know, tight end to check down or, you know, single high. All right. Maybe look to take a shot and then get to check down. So, you know, as you go through the offense, it's really about making the game simple for yourself and, and not trying to do too much at times. But, you know, and then there's situations in a game where you got to make a play and uh, he's got that ability. So uh, it's, it's managing the game. And then when the time's right, take your shot. You obviously know a little something about football in the state of Texas and Big 12 country. Um, obviously, everybody's just beyond excited that BYU will be joining the Big 12 coming up in 2023. From a football standpoint, what do you make of the fit between the Big 12 and BYU? I think it's a great fit. You know, the, the obviously the South, they love football and, and a big part of it. And, and BYU travels well. It'll be... Uh, 
it'll be exciting, I think, to for one, to be in a conference. I've always said really need to be in a conference and have those opportunities to to play teams every year, get familiar with teams and and uh, it helps you to really kind of scheme and game plan and, and understand what you're going against every year. So excited for the team that way. And then, uh, you know, excited for the fans in Texas, you, you know, the southern part of, of the country will get to, to see a lot of the football games. I'm disappointed Texas didn't hang in there and that might be a guaranteed <laughs> win. Uh it's uh you know it'll be a fun conference i think it's wide open you look at the points scored every week and and uh you know i think byu is a great fit for going in there and then having a chance to be successful right away yeah i'm hoping that texas does stick it out for at least two years and byu gets to play them each of the two years because the cougars have had a nice history against texas and you played in one of those big games everyone wants to talk about what Taysom and jamal did against texas in 2013 Ty, you were part of a 47-6 to win over Texas in 1988. So did you were you the man that started the dominant run for BYU football over Texas? No, that's probably Sean Covey. I think <laughs> I, here before Bob Jensen, we played at UT, and I was redshirting, and we beat them down there. It was a tighter game, but then uh, that next year, Sean Covey lit them up, and I got a little mop-up duty in the fourth quarter, so I did get to play and completed a few balls, I think, that game, but that, it, can't take credit for that one. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're right. Two for three that game. Uh, you did complete a 44-yard pass and a touchdown in that game. You had a passer efficiency rating of 355, Ty. I, I think you put the fear of BYU into Texas late in that game. No, they were already beat up by the time I got there. So <laughs> you, you said you kicked Max out of his office to do this interview. Is Max, like, off camera right now? Is he listening to all of this? You know, uh, Max gets to come in a little later, but he's here later in the evening generally with the middle school AD side of things. So um, I don't have an office here, actually. I kind of prefer to stick and move. That way they don't know where to find you. They don't know if you're there or not. So I just borrow Max's office in the mornings if I need it. So. Fantastic. Well, Ty, before you go, I think all BYU fans uh, just want to know uh, how you're doing, how your family's doing overall, and um, you know what your specific role is down there. Obviously, you're coaching football, but what else is happening in your life? Yeah, things are great. Um, kids are doing good. Grandkids now. I've got three of those, so um, you know things just keep moving on. And uh, head coach down here at ALA Queen Creek, and and uh, then. Uh, I work for our district too. We've got five K through 12s here in the Phoenix area. And I help kind of oversee the athletics for all of those as well. And, um, but really more full-time here at, at our school here, it just, it takes a ton of time with being the head coach. And fortunately got a lot of help with, with Max and James Wierenski or DC. Dennis is leaving us next year, moving back to California, I think. So, uh, Shimon Willis is actually going to come join us and help us out. So, we're gonna we're gonna upgrade over Dennis with a little youth. <laughs> so, um, but no, we're it's a great spot. We're having a good time, and uh, you know you get to be around the boys. They keep you young and energetic, and uh, you know it makes it for a fun work environment. And never feel like we're at work, you know. Here, so uh, we're having a good time, and everything's great. Fantastic, so. Ty. It's great to talk with you. Thanks for the time. Let's do it again soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ty. Ty Detmer, the Heisman Trophy winner at BYU.
head football coach at uh, ALA down in Arizona. He's getting it done. Uh, look, I've said this many, many times. Ty Detmer is the reason I'm a BYU. Like, that's when I moved to Utah, it was at the beginning was of the Ty's guy. career. Yeah, he was the guy. He's, he's the guy for me. Like, it's, it's just unbelievable <laughs> to talk to Ty Detmer. Absolutely love it. All right, coming up, men's golf prepares for regionals, and head coach Bruce Rockbank joins us right here in Studio B. Plus, is Mark Pope's next big time scorer already on campus playing football? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Saturday, May 21st, BYU Sports Nation will be broadcasting live from the BYU Fan Fest at Sandtown Park in St. George. Come watch a live broadcast of the show beginning at 12 Eastern time. That's 10 a.m. Mountain or watch the show on BYU TV and the app. Are you going to be our live reporter from your front yard waiting to sign autographs at your house? Um, I will actually be getting ready for a baseball game. <laughs> so, Okay. Signing autographs at Miller Park. Look, I, I will be at the satellite. Fair I'll enough. be at the satellite fan fest. Um, <laughs> signing, <laughs> signing autographs. Nobody wants this guy's autograph. He is Jason. I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. You can follow us on all the social media platforms. For more, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. All right, PFF, that's Pro Football Focus, has Clark Barrington fourth on their top five inside offensive lineman list. Okay. And 68th on their big board for 2023 with Blake Freeland also getting a little, uh, a lot of pub. Is there any concern we're overhyping the BYU O-line? Uh, no. <laughs> I think that the offensive line is adequately hyped, Jason. Like, they've been really good the past two years, yeah. and they've got basically everybody back this year, but they've upgraded. So, no, Blake Freeland is a projected top 15 pick by two different notable publications. Now Clark Barrington is number 68 on the big board from Pro Football Focus. Kingsley Suamataia is going to have to battle for his starting spot, and he's a five-star recruit. Yeah, there's there's no chance we're overhyping it. No, they'll be, if they'll anything, be really good. If, if we're going to go on opposite ends of the spectrum, if anything, we're underhyping them because they're going to be really good. And they're be, going to be really good for a long time. They'll be one of the top 15 offensive lines in all of college football. Agreed, 100%. BYU student Tanner Hawley tweeted out the following last night, and I quote, my roommate just got home from playing in a Provo Rec basketball league. He played Puka Nakua's team, and he said Puka dropped at least 40 points. Dude is a freak athlete. Glad he's on our team. Hashtag BYU. Uh, should Mark Pope at this point give Puka a call, Jason? I don't look. Here's the thing. We've seen the multi-sport athlete. It, it's it's not uncommon. Uh, now, here's the thing, though. You If you, you lose him... If he goes and plays basketball in November, it's kind of an important month for college football. So, so, but then if you if you're Mark Pope, then you don't. If he says I'm going to do football first and then come join basketball, you're going to lose him for a month. So, I I like Puka right where he's at, and I think Mark Pope has got things handled, and he'll be uh, he'll be bringing some guys in to fill those spots. Yeah, Mark and his guys could call Puka all he wants. Kalani will be interrupting <laughs> said calls. You hear That's this? Not, it's like this click, good. like somebody's clicking into the conversation. It's not going to happen. Yeah, call waiting. <laughs> yeah, going old Kalani. school. Kalani. Yeah. <laughs>
All right, Jason, what's coming up? Yeah, coming up, Cougars and Utes doing good together. It happens sometimes. Plus, the head golf coach at BYU's men's team, Bruce Brockbank, joins us next. What are his goals for the team at regionals and why they're maybe shaped to advance this year compared to years previous? This is BYU Sports Nation. I love that hat. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Softball takes its 14-game winning streak into the final series of the regular season as the Cougars host St. Mary's in a doubleheader tomorrow, 7 Eastern time. Watch the game live on BYU TV. Got to win them all. BYU softball embracing the pressures and chase down. that LMU loses. Yes, an NCAA tournament bid. And yes, every BYU fan is a Santa Clara fan <laughs> against LMU. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We're live in Studio B and joining us now is one of our all-time favorites, the head golf coach for the BYU men, Bruce Brockbank, on the show. Coach, looking swag-tastical as always, the hat, the pullover. The hat is amazing, by the way. It's fantastic. Got to thank Coach Miller for that. He knows his stuff, right? He sure does. You just, you know, all the things that uh, you need done right, you just turn it over to Miller. Okay. Well, there you go, Todd Miller. Also, I hear he's okay at golf, too. So <laughs> Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> Your team is preparing for regionals, uh, and we ask you similar questions every year, but let's mix it up just a little bit. What makes this team unique and ready for the regional setup compared to maybe some of the previous teams you've coached? You know, this team has a little, well, a lot more depth, and so we're hoping that that will be part of our success at the NCAA regionals. Uh, in the past, we've had some, you know, first team, second team, All-American. Incredible stars. Team. Yeah. And so our depth, I think, is, uh, has helped us in the last three or four months as we've uh, gotten in a position where we could get a NCAA regional bid. And uh, the guys have played really well. So, I mean, you, can, you can't take it away either. Carson Lundell, our uh, number one guy, he's, uh, he's played great for three and a half years. And uh, he'll continue to play well, and he's a big part of that. But the depth, I think, is... Uh, Helps us a great deal. Well, you maybe answered the question right there mentioning Carson, but who has been the most, and I'll ask two-part really, who's been the most consistent player for you? And in terms of the team and consistency, what have you done the most throughout the year on a consistent basis? What are you pleased with? Well, what we've done the most is try to get a little bit better around the greens. And uh, I think the guys have done a great job with that. Uh, just our short games, you know, the, these guys hit the ball really well, um, hit the ball uh, in in most cases where they're aiming, and we just had to fine-tune a little bit, <laughs> had to fine-tune a little bit uh, our short games and, and make a few more six-footers, you know. If we could just get one more each guy, you know what that does for the score each day, and that, you know, that's four shots a day. Uh, 12 for the tournament makes a big difference. Uh, you got so many great teams around the country. You got to be the team that's uh, making those putts if you want to, you know, get the the lower seed, if you will, or the better sure. finish. Now, if Carson is the most consistent player, then who's on his heels challenging him every day? You know, uh, I'll tell you what. David Timmons has done a really good job with that. Cole Ponich is also, uh, you know, he's a junior, and uh, he's sneaking up on Carson. And, and then, you know, you, you name the rest of the guys, uh, you know, th from four through seven. Yeah. Max Brenchley, Keanu uh, Brenchley, Akina. Akina, you got um, 
Heck, I'm going to miss somebody. Our freshman, Tyson Shelley, is another. You know, these guys just, uh, they seem to step up right at the right time yeah. when another guy's having a rough day and, and gets the job done. So that's kind of what's been happening this year. Anybody that follows golf certainly knows the name Summer Hayes. Uh, that certainly stands out. Uh, Daniel Summer Hayes is on the coaching staff. W- what's his role been this year? You know, Daniel still... He has a lot of roles in his life. He still has some corn fairy status. He's teaching and really loves that. And I'll tell you what, uh, you know, he and I have talked about this, you know, coming in and helping the program for a couple of years as he's kind of, you know, played and played very well on the PGA Tour. But to come in as our volunteer assistant, you knew that there was going to be much more energy, just a new life to the team. And uh, he's been absolutely awesome. And he says, you know, Coach, I don't know how much time I'm going to be able to give you, but um, let's start off this first month or two, and and let's see, maybe once a week, twice a week. Well, those first two weeks, he was down here five days a week. (laughs) And, the uh, you know, the energy changed. And so it's been real easy for me to just kind of step back. You got a PGA Tour player where every one of these guys want to be that's working with you on a regular basis and uh, it's just been fun to see the energy the same stuff that coach miller and i talk about all the time danny brings it with a new color if you will a new twist and boy the lights are on and and it's been really fun to watch bruce brockbank the head coach of byu men's golf with us on byu sports nation it's been a long road to get byu to a point where you can recruit to a place that has a practice facility and your own putting green your own driving range because it is not a you know, play golf year-round type of school, but now it's becoming that for BYU. How much of a difference has that made to have your guys been able to go out whenever they want, get some putts in, hit some balls into a range, and, and how has that impacted the program? I think it's made a huge disp- you know, difference. Um, we've had, you know, the best players in the state rather than, you know, go to another school in state or leave to go somewhere else. We've been able to keep them here because of that facility. So for recruiting, number one, and two, um, you know, for your guys to have a place and our girls team to go and and be able to have a spot to, you know, when there's snow on the ground or the weather's bad like today, have a place to hang out and and work on your skills is uh, it makes a huge difference for sure. I'm assuming Spencer is kind of the same way here, but we, I, I get asked all the time, like with sports being your job and you're around it all the time, when you leave work, do you want to just get away from sports? And I'm, the exa- <laughs> and I'm like saying, no, like that's what I love. Like that's when I'm, when I leave, I'm watching other sports or listening to sports. Do you play golf for fun, for recreation or like, do you, when was the last time you did that? Well, you know what? I'd rather mow the lawn sometimes. <laughs> go I'm with you. Course. Yes, and talk you know, sports, whatever. And anything with sports. Go fishing or, or ride a motorcycle, do something different. But, yeah, you, you have to get away. I, I like to play. Uh, the last 25 years, I haven't played a lot of golf. But, uh, you know, as I'm growing a little bit uh, older, have a little more time, I find myself out there on the golf course. And, and most of the time, I'm still very competitive, but I just like being with the guys and, and uh, spending a little time. Sure. It's about the company. Now, let's say that Todd Miller gets you a tee time at Augusta National. Are you going to make time for that one? <laughs> I'll make time for that one. <laughs> There's quite a few courses he can get us on, too, and I'll, and I'll definitely make time oh, for that. Have you wild. ever been there, by the way? I've been there four or five times. 
So he just joined you. I went for the first time this Isn't April. Isn't it something? It is a magical place. It is a. You can't say it any better than that. It the, is. The magical. closest I got was just watching the uh, the Greg Norman Thirty for Thirty when he was playing on it. That's as close as I've been. It's just watching it. <laughs> you need to get there because it gives it a whole different light. Oh man! Oh man! Bruce Brockbank, the head coach, BYU men's golf, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk. Uh, about your family a little bit, your daughter Ashton, you were a huge BYU women's soccer fan regardless, but then when she joined the team, like you became one of their number one fans. Now she's done, but she's coaching in high school. So how does your life change not having a student-athlete daughter at BYU? Well, I'll tell you what. It seems like yesterday she was starting at BYU, and and Lisa and I were so excited. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden she's graduating starting a new life. Uh, I mean, it just went by so quick. And then she said, hey, what do you think if I uh, put my name in the hat for coaching? And I said, <laughs> what a great idea. And she goes, well, I'm going to give it a shot and see what happens. And lo and behold, there you go. She's going to, you know, take on that job and try to work with the girls. And that's what's so exciting to me because as, as the coach in me tells her, hey, be careful. You know, I'm not sure you want to work with, uh, you deal with the parents. So just be aware of that. And she goes, <laughs> you know, her first comment back to me was, you know, I love the kids. I want to work with them. And, you know, that takes care of it right there. All the rest of it, it'll go away and it'll come and go. But she has the right attitude about it. You know, and it, it, Obviously, Ashton's part of a, an unbelievable soccer program, and the legacy with soccer is is obviously well uh, documented. You know, but we were talking about this move to the Big Twelve, and with all of the sports, it, you know, football and basketball will always get the the most attention. But I am so impressed with what BYU is going to be able to send as an athletic department to the next level. The Olympic sports, the Olympic, golf the Olympic sports on campus are amazing. Well, Jennifer's done a phenomenal job, and so many of our coaches have. And, and you're right. Our Olympic sports, are they'll be very competitive. We have a long way to go because there's some great programs out there uh, to try to rise to the occasion. But I, I think, um, you know, our Olympic sports are going to get that done. Okay, I do want to talk through some of the dynamics of regionals. Uh, what's your timetable for when you take off, where you're playing, and, and how the format will go for your team? We'll take off on Friday. We'll get a little practice round. We're going to go up and uh, play up at the Miller's course in Napa at Silverado. Just get a little fun day and maybe see some of the, you know, our past players and Andy Miller. Uh, Saturday, we'll play our practice round at 10 o'clock in the morning at Spanos Park. And we'll get out there right in the middle of all the public and, and get our practice round and uh, spend most of the day out there. We'll take day off Sunday and then we play 18 on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just, you know, a week later than the girls and, and see if we can't get one of those top five spots. And just to clarify, same format as the girls' uh, top four teams out of a 12-team regional advance. Top five. The top girls, five. Okay. their finals is only 24 teams, as I understand. The men's, you'll have six regionals, five advance from each one of the regionals, so you'll have 30 teams. Gotcha. Okay. Coach, let's give you a huge dose of BYU Sports Nation karma. Thanks for hanging out with us during your busy schedule take it you can distribute it to uh, your guys as you deem necessary we'll do <laughs> to help them straighten out that shot just a little bit little tweaks maybe maybe one more up and down right <laughs> <laughs> okay well and i'm sending my good luck from my fingernails to you as well thank okay. you we, we'll need all that we can get <laughs> thanks, thanks coach. coach all right coming up to pull a doctor strange what is the one game you want to see byu win and the kinder gentler side of the rivalry. What is this about? 
Stay with us for more on BYU Sports Nation. It does exist. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or you could download the podcast. All you need to do, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. While you're there, please subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, what is the one game that you want BYU football to win the most on the upcoming 2022 schedule? Braden Taylor 9 on Instagram says, Baylor as a future conference foe, plus losing this game ruins all the momentum that could bring this to be a special season. So kind of following your logic. Start fast. Okay. See where the road takes you. Go fast, go hard? Oh, we're not ready for that yet. Okay. okay. That, right. We put that one to bed. Okay. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Sean Arulian on Facebook says, the New Year's Six game <laughs> that BYU will get for going 11-1. and one. I'm a dreamer Blue like Spencer, alert. not a realist like Jerem. Blue goggle alert. I like to call myself the opti-realist, Jason. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm a good mix of optimism and realism. <laughs> sure, go with well, that. I can be a dreamer too. You're a dreamer, right? I love. I'm a dreamer. I love the the 11 and one idea. Why not 12 and 0? Jaron Hall stays healthy. Why not 12 and 0? I feel like he's being a pessimist. Jaron Hall stays healthy. <laughs> Watch out, 10 wins. Today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about the uh, Cougars and Utes coming together for a good cause? You had BYU's Tyler Batty, Puka Nakua, Cade Moore teaming up with Utah's Devin Kafusi and Kareni Reed to help support uh, the organization Kids on the Move. Fantastic Look stuff. Look at that. Everybody together. It's 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 a it's a nice shot and it's a good feeling. Well, and it, it's a good feeling for BYU fans because one, you don't play this year, and Utah's got to sit on the loss to BYU until at least 2024. And then there's that. <laughs> Are we petty? Maybe. <laughs> I think there's a maybe. Our thanks to today's guests, the Heisman hero Ty Detmer and men's golf coach Bruce Brockbank. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Brock Spencer. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Remember, BYU baseball on ESPNU tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern, 8 Mountain. Go Cougs.